Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a bit about my co-host. Do you know what, folks? Today is National Hug a Bear Day. My co-host will not be partaking in that. It's not that she's afraid of bears. It's just that she wonders, have we already forgotten the lessons of the Me Too movement. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? David, it's great. And I'm glad that the band's <laughs> back together for a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, it's also uh, National Keith Day, National Lori Day, a bunch of people whose birthdays, a bunch of people whose names I've never heard of. It, apparently it's their birthday today. And next year, today is election day for the oh, Americans. Decision right. day. And and by the way, I understand the NBA is observing National Election Day, even though there is no election on this day. <laughs> yeah, no, I swear there's no game scheduled. It's it's all about wow. um, you know, get active in your community and whatnot. But I didn't hear the other one. National Lori Day, did you say? Lori, as in the name of a lady, not how uh, the oh. UK de describes like cube vans, I think is what the, a lorry is there. I think that's what the... the it's a truck. Okay. I, I, I thought it was more like a, a cargo van, maybe. I don't oh, know. okay. I, I don't know why they don't call it trucks, but um, yeah, National Lorry Day, National Keith Day. Uh, no offense to the Keiths out there. What's Sorry, that? Go ahead. I was just oh. going to say no, no offense to the Keiths out there, but that that name hits my ear the same way the word moist does. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Our heritage, so much of it is derived from the UK, uh, Sheila, uh, because when I go over to the UK as a Canadian, um, not only are there so many different words and spellings of words that we have here, but <clears throat> that English accent, I mean, I once got, you know, the eye of a security guard. I, I, I think I, step somewhere I wasn't supposed to. No, not you, David. <laughs> not you. <laughs> no. But he said he yelled at me, Sheila. He went, Oi, get your arse out of here. I went, what? He says, get your arse out of here. I said, my horse? I swear I thought he was saying horse. How did how did ass become arse and vice versa? I mean like it, I don't know. <laughs> It's like going to Newfoundland and you're like, are we, I think we're speaking the same language, but I don't know what a carbonate is or why they use that word there. I, I do know what a carbonate is. I just don't understand why they call it, don't call it a hood. Let's get into the news yes. of the day. Um, tell everybody what we're doing uh, before I get angry letters from half of Fort Saskatchewan, which also tends to be newfies. Um, so, um, Anyways, this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's uh, hosted by a rotating cast of characters. Today, David Menzies and I are your characters, um, wherein we talk about the news of the day, as you can obviously tell, completely unscripted. Um, and sometimes we just take the news as it comes at us, and we will comment on it as best as we can with the information that we have. So um, with that, um, I, I suppose, warning there. <laughs> there um I'll tell you how you can get involved in what we're doing here. So we are broadcasting on YouTube, but YouTube is a censorship platform. 
Um, so we are also broadcasting on Rumble and on Odyssey. And if you want to support the work that we do, while we allow you to democratize the show a little bit, you can leave us a paid chat on Odyssey. It's called a hyper chat on Rumble. It's called a Rumble rant. And it's your chance to have your say while supporting the little network that could. So if you leave a paid chat of more than $5 US, we are obligating ourselves to read it on air and comment, but don't let that be the barrier for entry or participation. So quite frequently, we, we read chats that are under that amount or even free chats that we find interesting. So we hope to hear from you very, very soon. David, let's get into the news of the day. Uh, this thing that just broke this morning, a Jewish community outraged after suspected arson in Montreal area synagogue. You know, Sheila, I wish I could pick NFL games with the same kind of accuracy with what I predicted regarding these pro-Hamas demonstrations we see going on every weekend in Canada. And today, by the way, significant date, November 7th, that's exactly one month since the horrific barbarism and savagery took place in Israel. And I made the prediction, I think it was something like two weeks ago, that the more the police turn a blind eye to charging uh, people uh, who I think go over the line, i.e. Um, calling for the death of an individual or a group of individuals, the more our political leaders hide their heads in the sand and don't come out strongly against anti-Semitism, uh, which is just absolutely baffling to me, the more emboldened the mob becomes. And, you know, in fairness, we don't know who set the fiery, the fire rather of this uh, Jewish um, uh, cemetery, a uh, synagogue rather, but I'm kind. Of, I I think I will kind of you know bet the ranch on who it probably was, and Sheila, I just see it getting worse and worse every week. The big buzz, um, not to go off on a tangerine here, <clears throat> but the big buzz this weekend is Remembrance Day falls on Saturday, November the 11th. And it's typically Saturdays and Sundays where the pro-Hamas people come out and rant and rave and uh, call out the death of uh, Jews and the destruction of Israel. And there is buzz out there, and I hope it doesn't come to fruition, that in certain Western cities, uh, they're going to target the Remembrance Day ceremonies. They're, they've already desecrated the cenotaphs, including one here in Toronto. Uh, on the North Lawn of Queen's Park. And again, um, without knowing all the details of this Montreal area synagogue, uh, my point, Sheila, is the more law enforcement turns a blind eye to this and the more our political leaders remain silent, uh, the worse this is going to get. Yeah, uh, just to be clear, this is at um, a synagogue that is in sub Bourbon, Montreal. It's the Beth Tikva Synagogue. Um, the building was empty. Nobody was hurt. The uh, SPVM, that's the Montreal Police, they're aware and investigating. Um, I think there will probably be an arrest, and here's why. Um, because 
normally uh, synagogues have increased security. And so they probably have surveillance and that that is just um, uh, unfortunately the way it is for many synagogues is that they have video surveillance. A lot of times they have reinforced doors. I know the one in Edmonton does um, and own their own private security. And so I bet you we're going to hear about an arrest very, very soon. But, um, but I was talking to Yankee and he says this is just a symptom of what's happening in this community. It was already not great and being made worse by the absolute mainstreaming of Hitlerian rhetoric on Canadian streets. Um, I was at the, um, I forget it, I think it's called the 100,000 March for Gaza in Edmonton uh, over the weekend. I just sort of popped in to see what horrors I could behold. And uh, I was sort of struck with the location of it all. Not that it was in downtown Edmonton across from City Hall. Um, uh, uh, Edmonton being a progressive hellscape, that's nothing new. Um, But it was that it was in Churchill Square and right in front of the war memorial. And that was what really bothered me because Churchill was a man who rallied the world against the horrors of Nazism. Uh, a principled man. And here I was in this place where they were calling now for the extermination of the state of Israel. All these years later, and they're standing on the war memorial to shout these genocidal uh, cries of from the river to the sea. And I thought, what on earth has happened in Canada when they say never again, we'll never again, it, it's now, it's yep. now. And yet this was happening in Churchill Square. 100% Sheila, I think it's tragic that, um, well, the state of Israel has advised Jews the world over um, not to, I guess, flaunt their Jewishness, not to yeah. wear the haberdashery associated with the Judaism. And this is not Berlin, 1938. This is Western cities in 2023. And you're quite right, Sheila. Uh, Never again. That is the model that came out of the Holocaust. Um, Who could imagine that in a period of time in which we still have some Holocaust survivors, it's happening again. It's not never again. It's maybe again right now. And it, you know, and by the way, I want to. Um, I think the last time we hosted uh, the live stream, you correctly asked the rhetorical question: Where is the anti-hate network in regards to this? Well, Sheila, I have an answer for you and the rest of our audience. I was passed along this from uh, Twitter yeah. or X, as we call it. Someone named Ariella uh, wrote the following: It's been a month since the terrorist attack on Israelis. This is the first post from anti-hate since then. I know your views because I've grown up knowing you, but it's not just me calling this out. That's from Ariella, directed to Bernie Farber. And this is what Bernie Farber responds, okay? If you talk about the most hateful thing happening in the world today, especially world. on weekends, it's this. It's, it's all of these pro-Hamas demonstrations And Bernie Faber writes, Ariella, antihate.ca, 
focuses on the extreme right. That is what it does. I wish we had the resources to do more. We just don't. Holy cannoli, Sheila. Where, where do you start? <laughs> and his account is locked. So yes. Nobody can, who doesn't follow him and he who he hasn't permitted to follow him, they can't see this. But uh, so we have calls to genocide on Canadian streets. And these guys are like, actually, those jokesters at Diagonal are who we need to focus our resources at. Or painting anybody, again, to the right of Chairman Mao as the extreme right. They've got all the time in the world to ruin reputations of normal people who just disagree with Justin Trudeau, but they can't call out real hate. These guys are an absolute joke. It, it's unbelievable. And, and you know, Sheila, we also have south of the border, Joe Biden always defaulting to the FBI's recommendation that the uh, most profound source of potential terrorism is from far-right groups such as neo-Nazis and the Ku Klux Klan. Now, don't get me the wrong idea, folks. I'm not going to bat for those organizations. No. These are the most odious people you can come across. But do you think in the here and now, this is where the biggest potential terrorism is going to come from? Losers with Nazi groups and the KKK. I would say, Sheila, as we talk about the um, the U.S., with the millions of illegals that have come through the southern border, you don't think there might be some nefarious terrorist types, do you? You don't think there might be some cells right now? You don't think they might be planning another October 7th or a September 11th on U.S. soil? I mean, how naive do you have to be? I can't believe the cowardice, Sheila, whether it's the politicians or the so-called anti-hate uh, networks, which I seem to be it seems to me they're full of hatred, Sheila, uh, if you're if you fit the right demographics, but they won't call out actual calls to death of a group of people and of a nation state. And Bernie Farber, correct me if I'm wrong, he is Jewish, isn't he? I think ethnically, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, these these anti-hate network guys who are funded by Justin Trudeau, by the way, yep. um, I'm curious if they had anything to say about when Justin Trudeau dusted off one of the few remaining actual SS uh, soldiers <laughs> remaining on the face of the earth and applauded him with a hero's welcome in the House of Commons. They say they focus on the far right. Well, that brother is far right. Did they have anything to say about this? No, because their paymaster... <laughs> um, was the guy who did it. Anyway, we should uh, move on because uh, speaking of uh, people beholden to their paymasters, uh, I noticed this yesterday from CBC. Um, let's show this headline. Police charge man for hate crime towards religious leader. Oh, what kind of religious leader, Sheila? Oh, I had to go to an entirely different <laughs> network to find out who it was. Suspect arrested after allegedly or alleged threatening phone call made, police say. Uh, you could have put against rabbi there and yep. still not have had too wordy of a subheadline. Um, again, Ottawa police say they've charged a man after a religious leader 
threatened, just a generic religious leader. Oh, yeah. Could have been, yeah, could have been one of those self-help gurus at the United Church for all CBC would have you believe. Um <laughs> The incident was reported Friday and police say in a news release that the suspect was arrested over the weekend after an investigation. Uh, we don't have a name of the 29-year-old man, by the way. Um, isn't that odd that we don't have a name of the 29-year-old man? This isn't a minor. We should Normally, we would report the name of the person. Charged with hate-motivated uh, offenses. Let's keep going. Still don't know who it was. Still don't know who it was. Still don't know who it was. Um, we just get through the entire article. Um, and we still don't know who the rando religious leader was. Well, I had to go to a completely other news source to find out that it was a rabbi. Right. And tell me this, Sheila, it's total speculation. Had the rabbi been an imam who oh, was the job big- hoax? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see this stuff, I think of the hijab hoax, right? The hate crime that wasn't. Yeah. And Justin Trudeau weighed in and said, oh, my goodness, somebody tugged on a little girl's hijab. And this is a, a sign of hate in this country. It was a hoax. But even the prime minister weighed in on this. A rabbi can get assaulted yeah. or have uh, threatening phone calls made to him and nobody can even identify the man as a rabbi. That's a bridge too far, let alone identify the name of the 29-year-old man who did it. But Sheila, does it really come as a surprise? This is the same welfare-funded news outlet, the CBC, um, that refuses to call Hamas terrorists terrorists. They're militants. I'm wondering, and I always wonder, do you think maybe militant, do you think that's too pejorative language uh, for the CBC? Why don't we just call them protesters or demonstrators? You know, water it down even further. But when you have people- disgruntled activists. Yes. You know, like, let's just make it so that they just have a, a grudge that's not being addressed because that's how CBC is dealing with this. In the most sterile and disconnected language- um, hiding what the real motives are. A hundred percent. No, th- this is absolutely outrageous. And I see we have an ad break before we go on to some more shenanigans in terms of the yeah. pro Hamas uh, demonstrators and uh, and actually some blowback. There are QP members that are launching a human rights uh, claim against the union for. Uh, promoting anti-Semitism. And yeah, that's what it is, folks. They, they don't even hide it anymore. They oh, no. are proud of their anti-Semitism. Let's talk about those two stories on the other side of this ad break. Hey, Ben Shapiro here. This November, the Wilberforce Project is bringing me to Canada. If you want to fight the woke machine destroying families, join me in Calgary for my talk, hosted by the Wilberforce Project. Go to benshapirolive.ca for info and tickets. Do you want to start feeling like your pre-COVID self again? You're not alone. The wellness company Spike Support Formula is an all-natural supplement to help people do just that. It was created by cardiologist Peter McCullough and his expert team of doctors to help the people experiencing effects from COVID and the you-know-what. Go to twc.health rebel today. 
Come on out November 25th. It's all aboard the Freedom Train in Niagara-on-the-Lake. You can check Rebel News for updates and also the Freedom Passport site. Tamara Leach, who led the Truckers Convoy, will be sharing the stage with some of the finest international recording artists. Like the Chops Horns from New York City, who's played with Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Plus, New World Sun, just off a European tour. And the legendary R&B master, Leroy Emanuel. Get on the Freedom Train with Tamara Leach. Saturday, November 25th at Niagara-on-the-Lake Central Community Center, 680 York Road. Get your tickets today at freedompassport.ca. The Freedom Train is coming. Know your rights. Know your freedoms. So, Sheila, as we teased before the break, um, I'm very interested in this action uh, against QP. I wish it was happening in front of a real court, not a kangaroo court, like a human rights tribunal. Um, but remember the Ontario leader of QP, Fred Hahn, uh, he was, he couldn't, w the bodies weren't even cold yet from the October 7th massacre in Israel. Uh, he couldn't wait to get on Twitter and talk about um, up with the resistance. Yeah, yeah. the resistance, like really um, 14, more than 1,400 Israelis uh, savagely massacred, uh, more than 4,200 injured, more than 200 kidnapped, including elderly people and uh, children, even a nine-month-old infant. That's a resistance. Sad thing is, Sheila, um, I understand this guy has been uh, re-endorsed by the membership, but if you are a Jew who is a member of QP, I'm really upset if this is where my union dues are going. How about you? Yeah, so we can go back a, a little bit to explain what happened here. But uh, Fred Hahn, uh, as you pointed out, he, QP Ontario, I think it is. Yes. QP Ontario. Uh, and he, you know, came out with, you know, support of the resistance. Okay, so butchering uh, 1,400 innocent Israelis and then taking another 220 hostage back to uh, Gaza where w their conditions are unknown. That for him is fruitful resistance um, <laughs> that might bring progress. Um, and that's what he was thankful for on Thanksgiving. Just a horrendous individual, a, a ghoul, if you yeah. will. Um, and QP Ontario came out in support of him, if I recall correctly. Um, and I remember Ezra saying at the time, imagine being a Jew in this union. And that's the thing. Yeah. In Canada, we don't have right to work legislation. So if you are in a unionized workplace, and unfortunately you're represented by QP and the ghouls in the upper echelons of QP, uh, this is what you got to deal with. And so you don't have a choice. Your union dues go to pay salaries of the guys like Fred Hahn and the people who ran cover for him. And so 30 members now of Canada's largest union have filed a human rights complaint alleging that QP has engaged in systemic discrimination and promoted anti-Semitism that isolates its Jewish members. Yep. You better believe it. Um, Carrie Silverberg, a QP member of 17 years, you know, and this is, we got to be uh, gracious with these people because these people are on the cusp of being baby conservatives. So, so when people get disgruntled with their union, 
welcome them <laughs> with open arms. She said she's endured years of mental anguish in the union, particularly when she took on an executive position in a local and started attending conventions nearly a decade ago. Imagine what she saw there. She said she felt isolated and alone. And she said that anti-Semitism encouraged in, uh, after her concerns that anti-Semitism was encouraged in the union were silenced. She said, um, her wound only deepened when QP Ontario president Fred Hahn responded with a celebratory post about the power of resistance. She said it made me cry and it made me sick. Um, apologized on October 21st. Sort of. But real sort of. He said the timing was wrong. Not that he didn't feel that it was <laughs> oh, appropriate resistance, but the timing was all wrong. She called it a false apology. She's actually to reach out to Fred Hahn who is ignoring her. Uh, she said that the boycott, divestment, and sanctions, so BDS movement, is uh, prejudice and discrimination. And she's being represented by um, a really good lawyer, Catherine Marshall. Yep. Um, and uh, so anyways, uh, I can't wait to see how this shakes out in court. Um, because this is exactly what Ezra said. He said, imagine a Jew being forced to pay union dues to this mo this union that would defend defend the likes of Fred Hahn. Here we are. I can't wait to see it. I love to see it. And Sheila, let me tell you this. Uh, Miss Silverberg and the other 30 people that put their names to this, this is what makes them incredibly brave because Miss Silverberg thought she endured mental anguish before this lawsuit. Um, I predict she hasn't seen anything yet. Yeah. Unions like CUPE are notorious for retaliation. They are notorious for going after whistleblowers, for those not towing the ideological union line. So there will be retribution. You mark my words. So if I'm the, that, that group of people, uh, I would even question, is my job worth it? I mean, if you have a skill set that's portable, uh, I would get out of that viper's pit as soon as possible. I would make them get rid of me. <laughs> I would I would stay there just to be annoying, but that's the kind of person I am. Um, but yeah, when you are experiencing years of mental anguish and discrimination, um, it's about damn time. It's just uh, sad that it, it had to be... Fred Hahn's despicable October 7th comments that were the breaking point. It should have been much sooner, probably. It's just now everybody in the whole country knows what a ghoul Fred Hahn is. And so, um, you know, the, these 30 workers have a lot more support now than they thought they had. Um, which, and as you point out, this is, this is a thing in federal unions. Oh, yeah. Um, because we have this tweet here from Brian Pasifum, who uh, works for the National Post, one of the yep. good guys over there. I really like Brian. Uh, he points out that uh, it's just not just Keepy Ontario, the public servants of Canada. So these are your government bureaucrats. Again, good people grinding it out inside the, the gears of the machine. But this is your union, you guys. Uh, Canadian government workers are planning to take part in Thursday's global shutdown for Palestine. So and they're telling you exactly how to do it, uh, how to participate in the national shutdown for Palestine. Um, so they say um, 
it means calling for a ceasefire and an end to the humanitarian crisis unfolding in Gaza. Wonder why there's a humanitarian crisis in Gaza with all those aid dollars flowing in. You'd think that they would have just food stacked up everywhere. I guess they do. It's just in the hands of Hamas. Um, so they actually plot away about how to use vacation, sick leave, personal days. Um, they actually thought about that. They said those are not the right way to do this. They are telling their members to ask for one day leave without pay, um, which seems possible under the collective agreement. So they're they're telling people how to take to the streets in support of terrorism. This is these are the Canadian public sector union employees. Oh, Sheila, that without pay part, that might put the kibosh on this walkout. That's the only good Make, part. <laughs> you know, like, what? I don't get paid for this kind of activism? Uh, no, it, it, it's absolutely dreadful. It shows you, you know, what we've seen post-October 7th, Sheila, uh, in terms of academia and the union movement is how rancid the ideology is there when it comes to anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment. And um, that is really egregious, the fact that these Canadian government workers, by, by the way, weren't so many of them just on strike? Um, I remember going to Young and Shepherd area, the federal government building there. Um, boy, talk about a fool's errand, uh, trying to get those workers to uh, articulate why it is they are on strike. Uh, they couldn't even put two words together. But this idea, I want to address this because this is very important. This idea of calling for a ceasefire, uh, why? Uh, so that Hamas can regroup, so that Hamas can sneak out of the country. Uh, by the way, when you talk to these demonstrators, um, ask them this, will you condemn Hamas? Because so many say, oh, don't call us a pro-Hamas rally, call us a pro-Palestinian rally. Okay, do you unequivocally condemn Hamas. They will not do it. And before there is any ceasefire and any ramp up of humanitarian aid, how about this? All the hostages are released. Oh, no, no, no. That's not one of their demands either. I'll tell you another, a couple of other observations because I've been at a few of these demonstrations, Sheila. I have seen a grand total of one Canadian flag uh, being flown at this, these demonstrations. It's funny because when you go to the pro-Israel demonstrations, you almost see sometimes an equal number of Israel and Canadian flags. And since we're now into the home stretch towards Remembrance Day, um, if you check out uh, the people at these pro-Hamas uh, demonstrations, I beg of you folks, please, please, please show me one per one wearing this, a poppy. You ain't going to see that. And that makes me nervous, Sheila, that if they have such lack of respect for wearing a poppy uh, and basically proving Don Cherry four years ago was right on the money. And of course, he gets canceled. This sort of stuff, this, we all turn a blind eye to it. So I wouldn't be surprised if these radicals who are increasingly ramping up their misbehavior will do something to disrupt a, um, uh, a, 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 a getting tongue-tied, getting so emotional, a Remembrance Day uh, ceremony, Sheila. Uh, I just saw 
in my email that uh, there that is the case. Um, they are planning in St. John to uh, have a day of action for Palestine on Remembrance Day to disrupt the ceremonies. Um, I, I don't know if you ever saw that. There's a video. It came out late last week where somebody went into the crowd of these pro-Palestinian people and they started asking some of the like university student types um, who were chanting from the river to the sea. They just asked them like, what river, what sea? They didn't and know. they had no clue, <laughs> no clue. Uh, they had no clue that that means from the Jordan. Yep. To the Mediterranean, like right. all of Israel. Exactly. Like they they have no clue even what they're chanting because they're that stupid. Um, and there's, as you and I have surmised uh, in the past, a lot of this is latent anti-Americanism because the most American place in the Middle East, both population-wise but just through values, is Israel. Yep. And so when you have this poison of anti-Americanism permeating in the universities, naturally it will spill over uh, to focus on the most American country in the Middle East. Um, we are told we cannot go over today because I have a guest booked for the studio right after, okay. but let's talk about um, these boycotts of Israel-linked businesses. We saw um, McDonald's in London, Ezra had footage of that when he was there, of these protesters mobbing the McDonald's because McDonald's had the audacity to feed IDF soldiers um, in the wake of the October 7th attacks. Um, now, anti-Israel protesters in Toronto, of all places, are calling for a boycott of Aroma Cafe and vandalizing the business, including with boycott stickers. Here's my prediction, Sheila. It's going to be, yet again, another Barbara Streisand effect. People yeah. are going to vote with their wallets. We saw that in Toronto with Landwehr when um, that cafe was the target of a boycott attempt. And uh, a couple of weeks ago when super producer Efren and I went down at lunchtime at Landwehr, it was standing room only. It was a, a wait to get in. Uh, imagine that. How can you not call that anti-Semitism? Here is a cafe owner, or in the case of McDonald's, here's a franchise owner, not even active on social media, not putting up a poster one way or the other, just some guys, some restaurateurs trying to make a buck and get by, and their only sin is the J word. You know, they are Jewish. Therefore, well, not in the case of McDonald's, that was McDonald's feeding uh, Jewish soldiers in uh, Israel. But that, to me, is blatant anti-Semitism, Sheila, right? You are targeting a business just because of that person's religion. Well, yeah, and for people who don't know, and, you know, like we don't have a ton of Aroma cafes in the West, but Aroma is basically the Israeli Tim Hortons. And so it has locations all over the world, including Kazakhstan. And I bet you they're not protesting Aroma Cafe in Kazakhstan, even though it is a Muslim-majority country. 
Um, but the useful idiots in Toronto are doing it here. And, and tell me, Sheila, why is it when we look at the is you know pro-Israel counter demonstrations, why don't we see chants that are equivalent to death to Palestinians or death to Muslims? Why don't we see Jews going out of their way to find some shawarma joint owned by a Muslim and trying to organize a boycott there? Well, I don't understand. Can you can you connect the dots for me, she devil? I think we know why. Yeah, <laughs> I think we know why. Um, we've got a couple of chats. I'm just going to touch on them really quick and then we'll hit an ad break and we'll go into, um, the last, I don't know, five or six stories of the day. So we've got one from Plum Duff 69 who says, glad to see Menzies and Sheila. Yeah, me too. Uh, I love doing the show with David. Um, and then we've got one from Maminka who gives us 10 bucks and says, no unions needed. It's a commie thing anyway. Do you know what? If you want to be, look, I'm all for freedom of association, which is why I, I'm anti-forced collectivization. <laughs> so I, I believe in uh, the right to work. I believe you should be able to negotiate your pay between yourself and your employer without this third party scooping a little off the top, which is what unions in this country do. And the reason we don't have right to work legislation in this country is because the unions know if you had a choice of not to join a union, you probably wouldn't. And so they have to take away the choice and force you to join the union. Um, I think the need for unions, the reason for unions, long since dissipated. Um, wow. And uh, now they're just uh, the organized labor arm of the NDP. You're so right, Sheila. I mean, but at the end of the day, whether you're a public or private sector union, what is your mandate? I would argue, as you said, um, fight for higher pay, uh, better working conditions, uh, more profound benefits, you know, the things that actually enrich and improve the lives of their members. But we have seen the union dues being diverted into far left political causes. And they have no bailiwick there. I mean, what what is a union doing in terms of taking a stance in a, for a pro-terrorism response against Israel? It is egregious and outrageous. Absolutely terrible. Oh, before we go to the ad break, I, I don't want to have skipped over this because it's such an important story. Um, Jewish senior killed, yep. killed by these... Uh, anti-Israel protesters. They want to say they're Palestinian liberation protesters or whatever the hell they are. No, they're anti-Israel protesters. When they are saying from the river to the sea, that's calling for the end of Israel. So you are anti-Israel protesters. And a Jewish senior has died um, after he was struck in the head in Ventura County, which is, uh, I think, LA, LA area. Yep. Um, Thousand Oaks, so northwest of Los Angeles, this old man, 69 years old, so not even all that old, struck in the head by these lunatics, and he died. He died. This is a death associated with these protests now, and yet everyone's like, nope, nope, this is fine, perfectly peaceful, these calls for genocide. Yeah, um, and I'm wondering if the mainstream media will continue their off-repeated phrase at these demonstrations, Sheila. 
a peaceful protest, or in that case, a mostly peaceful protest. Oh, mostly. What do you yeah. mean by mostly, ma'am? Oh, somebody got killed, actually. He got struck in the head. But other than yeah. that, it was really peaceful. Well, the good news is there's no honking, at least at this one. But yes. I hear honking at these, by and large. But yeah, mostly peaceful, except for the firebombings and the killing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, where, where's Yara Sachs on the Heil Hitlering of the horn honking? Remember how Hong Kong was an acronym? Her words, this moron doesn't even know what acronym means, uh, an acronym for Heil Hitler. She's been really quiet lately, hasn't she? Yeah, I mean, she says a few things, but mostly her tweeting fingers are still sore from clapping for Nazis, like real <laughs> Nazis, so whatever. <laughs> Uh, let's hit an ad break so we can go to these last five stories on the day. And these are rebel reports you may have missed, but we think you should see them. David Menzies for Rebel News here in downtown Toronto. And I got to tell you, folks, next March, March 23rd to 30th, to be precise, we are going on a Caribbean cruise. Can you imagine that? And a lot of your favorite rebels will be there, such as Sheila Gunn-Reeds. We got Alexa Lavoie, the big boss man himself. Of course, he'll be there, Ezra Levant. And how about this? How about this for the cherry on the Sunday? Tamara Leach, Canada's number one freedom fighter. She'll be on that boat, too. And look at the itinerary. We're gonna be going to Half Moon Cay in the Bahamas, and then we're gonna jazz it up in Oco Rios, Jamaica, and then there's Georgetown in the Cayman Islands, and finally Cozumel, Mexico. Can you imagine that? If you want more details in terms of getting aboard the ship, go to rebelnewscruise.com. That's rebelnewscruise.com. All the details are there, the departure dates, the costs, and you know what? This is not just a fun-filled getaway. This is a way in which Rebel News raises some revenue. Unlike the mainstream media, we don't receive a nickel of government funding, nor would we take it if ever offered. So it's win-win. Enjoy yourself in the Caribbean and Mexico, and also support your favorite online news channel. So that's rebelnewscruise.com. I hope to see you aboard. Oh, I can't wait for that, Sheila. I, really <laughs> I bet can't. you can't. <laughs> I bet you can't. Um, I just hope your swimsuit is modest for everybody's sake, including your own. Um, also, what about your swimsuit? Should... I seem to remember you chickened out of our Halloween costume a daily roundup uh, because your, yes. your female Bret Hart costume was too revealing. And yes. I ended up with a looking like a Jason Voorhees slash Freddy Krueger reject. So. And you looked great. And you looked great. Um, <laughs> uh, we should also just note that uh, we have a Rebel Live event coming up. Yes. Um, I think it's rebelnewslive.ca or .com uh, for tickets. It's in Calgary on the 18th. Is that right, you guys? It Sorry is, yes. The it's spot. the yes. Saturday after uh, Remembrance Day Saturday. And... Uh, we still have tickets, I understand. Do we? Mm -hmm, we do. So we've got Billboard Chris coming, which I think is wow. great. Um, we've got an uh, uh, an appearance by Glenn Beck that will be, uh, I believe it's pre-recorded, um, but it's a special interview with Ezra that you'll only see there. Um, Avi Yamini is Skyping in, Harrison Faulkner, John Carpe. 
Chad Williamson and his beautiful sideburns are going to come to the event too. So um, <laughs> it's it's going to be great. And of course, your favorite rebel personalities, of which one I hope I am. Uh, so Ezra Levant, me, Drea, Alexa, David Menzies, Adam. We've got Heather Mason, um, Rodney Palmer. So uh, we also have live music, uh, breakfast and lunch. Um, some tickets include dinner too. So and all swag. You'll get to mix and mingle with all of us, which I love doing. Um, so anyways, that's Rebel News Live, I think, .ca. Um, and get your tickets. Um, and don't wait because um, these things always sell out in the last week. And then I get people in my email saying, Sheila, Sheila, you got to get me in. You got to get me tickets. And I have to tell you that I can't because um, of fire code restrictions. <laughs> and so <laughs> while I would love as many people to come as possible, um, if you want tickets, you want to come to this awesome event in Calgary on the 18th, um, just go get your tickets right now. Well, not right now. Wait till the show's over, then go get your tickets. Um, and uh, we'll see you there. It was so much fun last year, I recall. And uh, Sheila, are you and I, are we supposed to make a speech or something at this thing? Or are we just doing the whole Walmart greeter thing? <laughs> uh, you know what? Last year, I introduced you as uh, Jugsy LaRue or Jugsy Lemieux. <laughs> no, that was at the Toronto event. That was at the Toronto event. Yes. Yeah. So the moral of the story is, you don't know what you're going to get because apparently David and I don't know what we're doing. So, so it's, it's going to be a surprise for everybody is all we're saying. But there's no way I'm trying to get those Z cups past airport security. No way. <laughs> I, I tried them on. They're so heavy. Like I don't to be pulling off that scam that, uh, that, uh, Jugsy Lemieux is, uh, you really have to be committed to the scam because Break. those things are heavy anyways let's and Sheila <laughs> when you tried those on I will never think of you in quite the same way ever again <laughs> I wore anyway the whole outfit. I wore the whole outfit including the wig um anyways uh let's keep going uh real woman uh fighting for um fairness in sport uh this story this morning it's from uh April Hutchinson, uh, who's just the athlete in sport in the entire world. Because uh, she's sick of biological men dominating her sport. So she tweeted this morning that um, she faces a two-year ban by the CPU, that's the powerlifting union, for speaking publicly about the unfairness of biological males being allowed to taunt female competitors and loot their winnings. Apparently she's failed in her gender role duties. I love, <laughs> I love this. I failed in my gender role duties as a supporting actress in the horror show. That is my sport right now. Naturally the powerlifting union deemed my written private complaint of the male bullying to be frivolous and vexatious. Isn't it amazing, Sheila, and April is one example in powerlifting, a very masculine, I would argue, sports, but a sport, but it does have a female division. And rugby, again, very masculine. Um, you would think they would have people as part of the executives of the governing bodies 
that would realize that when a biological male in rugby, uh, the infamous Ash Davis, and in powerlifting, I can't even remember uh, the loser uh, that now identifies as a female in the female division, you would think they above all would come out and say, no, 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 we know what it's like to be in a physical contact sport. We know what it's like to lift weight um, that, well, quite frankly, can be above your own weight. But no, it, the wokeism and the indoctrination is even there. I mean, April facing a two-year ban for telling the truth, for going to bat for the fact that twas ever thus, male and female sports, with few exceptions, like equestrian and auto racing, they've always been segregated by sex for obvious reasons. She is facing two years out of the sport, whereas the guy who won... Um, I've heard of bad losers before, Sheila, but it's very rare you come across a bad winner. Not only did he mm. win by smashing the female record, but he then went on to taunt the biological female weightlifters. He likened them to um, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, a big giant right. dinosaur mm -hmm. with, you know, little tiny spindly arms. He gets away with that. He's not called on the carpet for that kind of grotesque unsportsmanship. Um, this kind of transanity, again, Sheila, it is just like what we're seeing with the pro-Hamas rubbish. If we don't call this out, if we don't put an end to it, as politically incorrect as that might be, it is going to get more and more emboldened. And we just saw last month, uh, Efren and I went to the Pan Am Center in Markham, and there was a 50-year-old man, Nicholas Sapita. He goes by the name Melody Wiseheart, which kind of sounds like a porn starlet. But speaking of pornography, I still can't get a straight answer if this 50-year-old male who swam with 13- and 14-year-old female swimmers got to use the same change room and the same showers. So there's not even transparency. And by the way, folks, that's the game sheet. There it is. Uh, Melody Wiseheart, 50. Look how that number just comes flying out at you uh, with the Orangeville Otters. Um, and Swimming Canada is okay with this. By the way, Sheila, on this point, there's Nicholas, by the way, a... Um, psychology professor at Toronto's York University. Perfect. Two of his specialties are shockers, <laughs> youth and children. Can you imagine? But aquatics, um, sorry, World Aquatics, which is the international governing body for swimming, they came out with an other category. This is part of the recommendations you'll find in uh, the book uh, Linda Blade and Barbara Kay co-authored, have an open category. And the World Aquatics, the, 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 their big world meet was in Berlin last month. And guess what, Sheila? How many transgender swimmers showed up for the open category? Well, that number rhymes with the word hero. That's right, zip. No transgender swimmer came out for the open category. But why, Sheila? For years, we've been hearing from these lunatics. Oh, I want inclusivity. I want to be part of the big show. I want to go to the uh, Swimming World Cup. And then we bend over backwards and create a, an entry for them. Ah, nah, 
not interested. Do you think just maybe, Sheila, it's not about getting into the pool? Do you think maybe with some of these people, it's about getting into the change room of the opposite sex, which is especially attractive to them if the change room of the opposite sex has, oh, you know, minors in it? This is disgusting. I don't even think for the majority of them it is about getting into the change room. I think it's just about cheating. Yep. <laughs> like, I just think it's about cheating. And that's why they didn't enter into that open category. Every time I see these dudes uh, competing against women, I think about that scene from Seinfeld where Kramer is talking about his, his success at karate. <laughs> and then the gang goes down to the jo dojo and he's fighting nine-year-olds. Uh, that's what this is like every time I see these dudes swimming against little girls or powerlifting against women. April cannot out-train biology. She knows that. Science knows that. Um, but the higher-ups in her sport don't. Uh, let's move along because we're going to run out of time. Okay. And I want to get to um, something that I love talking about, and that's Catherine McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard she got into trouble with the chronology vis-a-vis -vis the Climate yeah. Barbie nickname. Is that correct, Sheila? She did. So, because <laughs> um, this woman just, I mean, she told us. She lies and lies and lies until everybody believes it. Like she <laughs> mentioned that, as I said in my video, when she gets on the 80 proof truth serum um, and she said, you know, like you just keep saying a lie until uh, people believe it. And apparently she said this one lie so many times that she might even believe it. <laughs> she told the Weather Network um, who, uh, you know what, here's my theory. I'm, I could be wrong, but I think. McKenna is going to run for the leader of the Liberal Party if Trudeau leaves, because Come she can on. say, look, I, she can say, look, I, w I haven't been there since whatever, 2021, since she didn't run again. I'm not responsible for the bulk of the corruption. <laughs> the I wasn't even there. I was just there for like part of the corruption. Um <laughs> And she's a woman. She's an environmentalist. She's checking a lot of identity boxes the left cares about. And she's made herself a victim for a very long time, including a victim of these this misogynist slur of being called Climate Barbie. Except <laughs> I'm the person who came up with it because she was doing stupid things like you would see a Barbie do. Um, like riding your bike in high heels and putting your briefcase in the basket as you go off to your big girl job. Um, and so... Anyway, she goes on the Weather Network and she tells them that she negotiated the Paris Accord with these misogynist slurs in mind. Okie doke, except for the fact that she negotiated the Paris Accord just weeks after becoming minister in 2015, like so December, early December 2015, and I had not yet uh, crafted that moniker that has stuck to her all these years hence. So she... She wants, and here's the crazy part. She wants us to believe she negotiated the onerous and punishing targets of the Paris Accord to punish her critics. Okay, petty tyrant. Um, but it's not even true. Like, to do it is despicable, but it isn't even true. She lied. But Sheila, here's something that we have to consider since then, as compared to now, earlier this year, as you know, the Barbie movie came out, number one grossing film worldwide. I haven't seen the Barbie movie, but I understand Barbie isn't depicted 
as an airhead, uh, it's basically in, Ken is the airhead. Exactly. From what I understand. <laughs> and I think it ends with Ken resigned to the fate that he's going to have to sit around every Sunday watching NFL games with his guy friends. I think that's a win actually, but what do I know? <laughs> but it maybe is this why this is getting traction. Suddenly Barbie isn't really the slur it was in yesteryear, given the incredible success of this film. Well, and in 2019, she's, she claims, and again, who can believe a word this woman says, right? Just, she said she's a liar. Like she literally said she's a liar and we <laughs> caught her lying, but she said she went to higher ups at Mattel to create, uh, a climate action Barbie. They declined uh, because even the wokesters at Mattel were like, I don't think so. Um, Who's going to buy this? <laughs> really? And, uh, but anyways, who can believe that that happened anyway? Um, so anyways, it's my muse came back into my life for a brief moment yesterday and I'll move on from her until she decides to run for the leader of the liberal party, which I think, I think that's what this reputational rehab is all about right now and trying to get herself in front of some cameras. Well, um, Sheila, in light of the makeover of the Barbie image, if I was that Mattel executive, what I would say to Catherine McKenna is, Miss McKenna, we know Barbie. You are no Barbie. <laughs> Again, even the wokesters at Mattel could not abide this nonsense. Let's just touch on one thing and then we'll go into your poppy story and then we'll uh, clean up the chats and we'll get out the door because uh, I'm sure Efron's going to get anxious with us. So. Uh, this story, um, I just want to talk about it real, real quick. There's really not much to say beyond the headline, but it is so like chef's kiss liberal that I had to talk about it. Um, the, the federal government hired consultants to advise them on how to save money on hiring consultants. <laughs> Anita Nand hired KPMG. Uh, this consulting firm, accounting firm, as part of a $2 billion commitment to find efficiencies in the federal government. <laughs> and they spent $700,000 to get advice on cost-cutting tips on dealing with consultants from consultants. And um, I just, it's just so perfectly government that I just, I love it. I love this story. I had to write it up. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is the one for me. But, but Sheila, as they say in Vegas, the fix is in, isn't it? If you are a consultant hired by the government in terms of giving advice on how to reduce the number of consultants, you're not going to state the obvious thing. Do the work yourself. That's what you're hired for because you're a consultant. You want more consultant business in the future, right? So this is destined to fail, wouldn't you say? Of course, but all things the government does <laughs> are destined to fail or cost more than they say it will. Um, but uh, switch lanes to a government that seems to be doing things right, and so many things right, from parents' rights to fighting back on the carbon tax. Saskatchewan, this is your story. Um, they, uh, You're working on a video about this. Alex, our news writer, wrote it up yesterday. They've enshrined the right to wear poppies at work, regardless of what your employer says, with Bill 39. Yeah, and because we only have a minute, here's the Reader's Digest 
uh, version, folks, of my rant. This is good news and bad news. By the way, Saskatchewan is now the third province in addition to Manitoba and Ontario that has this rule. Bravo for them for protecting um, workers who are micromanaged by pig-headed poppy haters. But the sad thing is, Sheila, that we need legislation today to protect workers from wearing a poppy from November 1st to 11th. That is absolutely shameful this was needed in the first place. There you go. Yep, it's true. Um, And every year we hear stories about some poor minimum wage food service worker being bullied because they want to wear a poppy and the um, head barista at the coffee factory (laughs) with four degrees in the humanities flexing their power says, actually, no, that's a symbol of colonial oppression. Get that poppy off your apron. And we have to end up having to bring uh, awareness to such plights. But good news is that won't happen in Saskatchewan. Yeah, evidently in Saskatchewan, the complaints were there was a lack of neutrality in wearing a pop. Well, you better damn believe it. You're showing respect and reverence for our veterans. You're showing respect and reverence for in World War One and Two alone, Sheila, over 100,000 Canadians and Newfoundlanders gave their lives in those wars. Yeah, there is a lack of neutrality. That's the point. It's unbelievable. But I see we are one uh, minute but, over and we have yeah, a hard break. Got, yeah, and we have two chats. So, okay. Efron, Olivia, settle down. I'll get to them immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so, Snowy Roofs gives us five bucks uh, and says, if they demonstrate on Remembrance Day, that's the pro- uh, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel protesters. They should all be rounded up and all the four nationals deported and the rest jailed. Look, I don't want to jail protesters that I disagree with if they're Canadian nationals. Um, But if you are a foreign national here um, and you're not a citizen and you are showing support for a terrorist organization, deporthamas.ca and .com, go back where you came from. Arrivederci. Yep. Um, and so that's where I'm at on that. Uh, let's move ahead. Oh, by the way, Yankee points out that it is statewide elections in the United States. So I don't know. There's a lot of states today electing their sheriffs and such like that. Um, we've got, uh, from yesterday, one that says, uh, this is the quietest, calmest Alex Jones show ever. So Ezra hosted the Alex (laughs) Jones show yesterday and we did a simulcast, as they say in the biz, um, of the stream here. And uh, a lot of people really appreciated Ezra's calm demeanor um, in the morning and the afternoon, which, uh, I mean, I'm a connoisseur of Alex Jones anyway. But yeah, it was it was fun to see um, just uh, taking her down a notch to Ezra Levant levels, who sometimes is the most excitable guy at our network. A hundred percent. I thought Ezra did a fantastic job yesterday and you did a great job on the made file on uh, InfoWars yourself, Sheila. So thank you to both you and Ezra. And you too, David. Thank you for attending this mutual appreciation (laughs) meeting. All of our viewers at home, I think we need to wrap the show up. We sure do. So Efron doesn't have an aneurysm. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in, especially those who gave a donation. That's how we pay the bills. And a special thanks to Olivia and Efren, our super producers behind the boards. I will be here tomorrow with another Rebel News personality. Not Sheila. She's doing the party game pantomiming here. (laughs) So in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.